Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Diving stop, Seager. Toss on up the first. In time to get seven. Three run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist, Fernando Abad. And the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye, baseball. Leonis Martin with a walk off. Two run home run. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, welcome back. Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Yeah, that was a new open. (laughs) Finally, (laughs) I've been wanting to do that for a while. But there it is. The the new open. I seriously thought about just putting a podcast together with the open, and that's it. But I changed my mind. So this is going to be... An entire podcast with the new open included. So I hope you enjoyed it. I think uh, I think I'll freshen it up sooner than I did last time. But we're off to a strong start here in 2017. So good podcast on the way today. Great podcast on the way today. Nathan Bishop is back, one of our favorites. We're going to talk spring expectations. Things like that. So that comes up in a few minutes. Tomorrow, a podcast on the way as well. I'm going to dive into outfield defense. I think when you look at probably the biggest difference between the Mariners last year and this year, I think it's outfield defense. And and it's pretty interesting when you look at a trend in outfield defense in Major League Baseball. So we're going to talk about that in the podcast tomorrow. There'll be one or two early in the week next week, and then uh, later in the week I'm finishing off hoop season, and in the week after, I mean, we're just a couple weeks away at that point. So we'll ramp up close to daily, of course. We always start daily when the regular season starts. We are getting closer and closer by the day. Baseball has started in the spring, and we have highlights Our first highlights of the 2017 season, and it's really started with Nelson Cruz just hitting home runs all over the place in early spring. Here's the stretch of the pitch. Swing and a drive. Deep to left field. Going and going. Goodbye baseball. Top of the berm. Nelson Cruz with the Mariners' first home run of the spring. The Mariners don't have to wait long for it. It's a three-run home run. For Cruz and the boomstick going deep here in the top of the first inning. 
a 3-0 lead for the Mariners over San Diego. And Nelson Cruz is ready to go here in game one of the Cactus League season. Gene Segura checking in. Here's a swing and a drive deep into the gap in left center field. This one is going and going. Goodbye, baseball. Gene Segura with a line drive home run onto the berm in left center field. His first home run of the spring. It comes with Leonis Martin aboard, and it's now the Royals five and the Mariners three. Number one for Gene Segura. Mariners winning yesterday to go to four and one in the spring. Here comes the next pitch. Swing, muscled, line shot, right field and deep. This is pounding off the wall. Extra bases as Smith comes around to score. Powell trips as he turns around third and has to scamper back in. And is there safely as Martin had a chance to drive and a couple gets one. He stands up at second base. The Mariners lengthen the lead. It's now 3-1. to one. So a 4-1 and one start for the Mariners in spring training as... Spring is off and moving here for 2017. And to take a look at it, not only spring, but some of the expectations for the regular season, one of our favorites, Nathan Bishop, is back on the podcast. All right, we get to visit with one of our favorites. Nathan Bishop is back. You can find him, Dome and Bellum, their podcast, which is outstanding. I highly recommend it. And baseball perspectives coming up. Is that, is that what I hear? Do I hear that right? Yeah, I think I can announce that if I'm sure that you have, you know, at least one or two listeners that would care to know that I'll be writing uh, at Baseball Prospectus, probably starting, I think, next week. Uh, And and I guess now is a good time to mention that. And thanks for having me back on, Gary. I'm glad to be here. Oh, I'm I'm glad you're here, too. This is a great time to talk because spring is here. There's uh, well, it doesn't feel like spring is here. I should say spring training is here. Spring weather in Seattle is not here, but baseball is being played. Hear the crack of the bat, pop of the mitt, everything going on. What, well, when you think of spring training, when three, uh, spring training starts, I don't know, what, what do you think about? What are your thoughts at this point? You know, I, as a kid, it was always forward-looking. I, I feel like wow. whenever spring training would start, I, I'd look at the calendar and I'd start crossing off the X's and, and getting ready for April and opening day and everything that that stands for. And, and I think as I'm getting a little bit older, there, that's still there, but I find myself remembering more. I'm looking, I'm looking backwards and thinking about spring trainings of the past and, and what those felt like and, and the seasons that came before. And in some ways, that kind of gets me even more excited for the upcoming season because you think about all the, especially after a season like last year, which granted no playoffs, but um, without question, a really, really fun team. Um, so it's this kind of this, this, this tension of, of memory fueling excitement for the future, if that makes any sense. No, I think it makes perfect sense. This is an interesting spring training. Uh, longer than normal, obviously, but with such a veteran team, you know, not a lot of position battles, uh, not a ton of guys in camp that we don't know much about, although there are a handful of guys like that. What, what are you looking for in this spring training? Well, I think the big thing that you're looking for for this team, at least from my perspective, is like you said, this is a veteran roster. There's not been a lot, a huge amount of turnover. It's weird. uh, Jerry DePoto and his front office are only in their second year, but in a lot of ways, you know, this feels like this is the way that it's been forever already. This, This feels like we're we have the routine now of Robbie Cano and Nelson Cruz and Kyle Seeger and Felix Hernandez. And, and, uh, in a way that the Mariners haven't really had a group like that since, uh, you know, their last great teams in the early two thousands. 
But, you know, because of that veteran core, the number one thing that you want to see and that I always want to see is is just keep these guys healthy, especially with the World Baseball Classic this spring. Um, you want to make sure that you're not seeing guys like Nelson Cruz complaining about a, a back injury or a quad or make sure that Robbie Cano looks healthy and, and Felix is pitching right now as we're talking. I just saw that he was hitting 92 in the first inning, which is a great sign. But you just want to make sure that everybody looks like they're moving free and easy. And, and from all accounts, that seems to be the, the case. So all green lights so far. You mentioned the core guys and Jerry DePoto did a lot of work around the edges uh, on the other sides of the roster. What were your impressions of the offseason the Mariners had? Uh, you know, I continue to be really impressed with Jerry DePoto's uh, transparency, the way that he communicates exactly what he wants to do. Uh, he said before the offseason began, he didn't expect to do uh, as many moves or, or as big of moves as he did last year. Um, ended up doing kind of one big one there in the Gene Segura and Taiwan Walker trade, but for the most part did exactly that and has continued to, to really impress me with his uh, the way he's balancing the need to replay the farm system, but also recognizing that he has an aging core that's not going to be competitive, say, three or four years from now, the way that it is this year. So his ability to acquire veteran depth to get guys uh, like, um, you know, Guillermo Heredia last year, uh, Carlos Ruiz, um, without committing a lot of resources, either in overall salary or giving up prospects or uh, long-term contracts. And, and because of that, Yes, this is a veteran roster, and yes, this is one that's built to win now, but it's not one beyond the huge deals with like Felix and Robbie Cano that's committed more than two or three years down the road to these aging veterans. So it's a real tricky balancing act that he's been striking, and while I haven't necessarily loved every move that he's made, you can't help but be impressed with the overall picture, plus just the sheer volume of trades of the past 48, um, past 24 months has just been amazing. Yeah, he sure keeps everyone busy in the offseason. There's no, <laughs> there's, there's always something to write and talk about, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That guy is a blogger's dream. You, <laughs> you don't need to, to really uh, to search for content much with uh, Jerry DePoto as a general manager, that's for sure. Of all the newcomers, who do you think will have the biggest impact? You know, I this is betting high, and and there's reason to think that that, that this won't happen. But um, I love the Gene Cigarette trade. Mm -hmm. I I loved him his rookie year. Uh, you know, you can always spin a narrative about why a player falls off, like he did in 2014 and 2015. Um, sometimes those are valid. Sometimes they're just kind of us trying to create reasons where those don't really exist. But uh, you know, there was an article on him earlier this week retelling the story about how he had a, a kind of a freak injury in 2014, tragically lost a really young child and you know if, if you've ever experienced trauma like that um on a personal level you can see how that could bleed into your work and uh, and he's just one of the best hitters in baseball last year in uh, in 2016 still not very old i think he's 26 or 27 this year uh fills a huge position of need and and not only is he a good player he's just a huge upgrade over what they had at shortstop last year and i'm not saying that to take shots at Cattell Marte and sean o'malley but just really will shore up the up the middle part of this team and now you look at you know they always talk about you want to build your team up the middle first you've got Mike Zanino and Carlos Ruiz a catcher and could um Gene Segura and Robinson Cano and then you've got Leonis Martin up the middle and it just it's a really solid way to build the team I'm really excited for Segura 
You know, and I keep thinking about, and especially I harken back to a few years ago with so many offensive struggles, and now you come into a season this year, you have Segura, you have Cano, Cruz, Seager all in a row, and that is about as fearsome as it gets for four guys in baseball. Really, when you look across baseball, that is that is a tough foursome to pitch through. It's been a long time, right, since yeah. we've been able to look at a projected Mariner opening day lineup and just kind of been able to take a step back and go, whew, yeah. man, that's a, look at this look at this group of guys that I get a root for. You know, I, I, I totally agree. And, and there's there's even upside there. You know, if Mike Zanino can hold on to his his uh, plate discipline gains that he showed last year, if Leonis Martin can build upon his improved season last year, this team offensively, um, the potential is there to be one of the very best in the American League. And it feels like some pressures taken off a couple of young guys, you know, Hanniger, Vogelback, who in years past in that position, you're really counting on to produce a ton. You know, you don't need a ton of, I mean, you take as much production as you can get, but it's not a requirement for this offense to be good. I guess, I guess that's, that's my point. Yeah, and it's really nice for those guys too. You know, uh, every player wants a chance to to make the team out of uh, camp as a rookie and really impress and put up good numbers and be a part of a winning team. But the nice thing about this roster is while they are kind of penciling in Hanniger, and I saw Hanniger hit a big three-run home run today, uh, they're penciling him and, and Vogelbach in for a lot of playing time. Because of DePoto's commitment to acquiring depth, those guys aren't going to be left to wither on the vine in a way that could do long-term damage to their career if they do end up struggling. And that's a marked change from previous Mariner front offices. I, I think the most obvious example is Mike Zanino in 2015, where he just clearly, by the middle of the year, desperately needed to go down to AAA and work some stuff out. But because there was no depth in this organization, he was just left to, to wither, basically. Uh, and it really hurt him. It really, really, uh, he's only now, potentially, we saw towards the end of last year, starting to come out of that and hopefully can rescue some of his career's potential. But um, because of this commitment, while there is some youth on this team, they're not going to be dependent on to the point where if they fail, it's going to really cripple their future going forward. One of the great things about baseball, and there's so many, but there's always a guy or two or three, especially on good teams, that end up making a huge impact during the course of the season that you didn't expect going into the season. Do you see a guy like that in spring training right now that you think will make a big impact for the Mariners that we may not totally be expecting at this point? You know, there, there's probably a couple. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all for a variety of reasons, um, primarily because I think he might actually end up being a fairly effective uh, pitcher for this team. But I could see Ariel Miranda making 10 to 15 starts for this team and really being a solid, helpful addition. And that's I, that sounds like a small praise, but, you know, we've seen what happens when, uh, just in the last two or three years with this team, when a rotation starts to suffer injury de injuries and doesn't have depth. And Miranda's ability to come in there you do have pitchers like uh, Hisashi Iwakuma and James Paxson obviously we're all hoping that they make every single one of their starts but the chances are great that at some point they'll end up missing a few and having a guy like Miranda be able to to come in and spot start, do long relief, kind of fill the Vidal Nuno role from last year, but hopefully, you know, a little bit more production there. Uh, I think that's really helpful. And they got him for uh, for cheap. He doesn't cost a lot of money. I think he could be really helpful. And then on the back end of the bullpen, you know, it's it, you never know with bullpens. You know, guys that were great the year before could be bad the next year. I uh, it's probably not 
really an under the radar guy, but I'm actually expecting a big bounce back year from not even a bounce back because he wasn't bad last year. But I, I think Steve Cjack's going to have a really good year once he gets back. He's still recovering and rehabbing from his offseason surgery. I think everybody remembers his his high profile blown saves last year, but apart from those, he was actually a really solid reliever. Uh, I think he could be a really helpful part to bridge that sixth inning to the seventh and eighth to get to Edwin Diaz in the ninth. I think you make a great point, especially if Diaz is as effective or nearly as effective as we saw last year. He's so great. You can really spot C-Shack, too, in some great situations from the 6th, 7th, 8th. I'm with you. I think he can be very effective, especially when you put him against tough righties. I mean, he is really, Absolutely. really tough. Yeah, his slider is just I mean, that that's the it's the old Jeff Nelson slider, right? right, right. From yeah, the Frisbee. And and he's about he's about as tall as Nelly, but because he's skinnier, it looks like he's he looks like Gumby up there <laughs> the way he throws. It's one of the more unusual releases in baseball. Uh, it's not quite Carter Caps where he's he's taken like three hops off the rubber, but it's right. it's really out there. And I just can't imagine trying to to settle in against that guy. It feels probably feels like he's releasing the ball behind your your uh, backside when he lets it go. Yeah. And finally, what about the rotation coming into this season? What do you see from them? Well, I think that this is uh, I think most people would agree that that this is the part of the team that has the most question marks. Um, You know, there's there's not really any one guy that you look on that rotation and feel really confident that they're going to be an above average major league pitcher all year. Um, There's plenty of guys there that have been. Obviously, you're hoping for big things from Felix. And if Felix can get back to what he was in 2000, um, you know, nine through 2015, basically, that is probably the number one thing that could happen to this team that would really launch them from where they are now which is a fringe playoff contender into a potential division winner and and contender for their first world series Um, but you know he's not there yet he hasn't done that he has to prove that he can do that James Paxton has probably the best chance on this rotation to contend for a Cy Young he has some of the best stuff in baseball he's never once put it all together for an entire year he could definitely do that this year that's there Um, Hisashi Iwakuma I love the guy Uh, he's getting older uh, has a bit of an injury history although he did make every start and um you know there's upside there uh i don't want to make it sound like it's it's doom and gloom and it's a bad rotation but um the nice thing is just like every other part of the of the roster jerry depoto's worked hard to try to bring in some depth there so um you know it's going to be there's going to be a lot of high scoring games i think although uh i do think that one thing that when we talk about starting pitching and even relief pitching um we kind of have to include defense in that yeah. it kind of all falls together it is, it's all run prevention and um, whatever we think about the starting pitching I, I would be remiss if I didn't highlight the incredible defensive outfield that the Mariners could be throwing out this year literally one of the best in all of baseball between Jared Dyson Leonis Martin and uh, Mitch Hanniger or even Guillermo Heredia who's been making catches all spring so we'll see man it's going to be uh, it, it's going to be hard to get a ball to fall in the outfield against the Mariners this year yeah it's going to be fun to watch I think especially at Safeco Field that really lends a big advantage to the Mariners at home with that outfield just flying around everywhere. Nothing's going to get down in the gaps. No, it's going to be the best we've seen since the uh, Randy Wynn, Ichiro, Mike Cameron days. Uh, I, I can't wait for it. It's it's the the way that, that Safeco Field was built to play. It's the way, it's the kind of team that, that should thrive in Safeco Field. Uh, so it's going to be so much fun to watch, especially uh, the Mariners have had some hard-hitting outfielders recently, but not necessarily the best defenders. So if there's one thing that from last year to this year, I think you're going to be able to see, just, just for your average fan sitting on the couch watching the game on TV, you're going to see a ball get hit to the air in the outfield and 
and you're going to see, you know, two guys with incredible range running after that thing, and they're going to go get it. It's going to be awesome. No doubt. No doubt. Nathan, this was fun. It was so good to talk again. It's been a long time, and it won't be as long next time. Let's check in again soon. Uh, so much fun every time, Gary. Thank you so much for having me back, man. On this edition of At Home, we're going to we're going to read an essay by one of my favorite authors, a great baseball author, Roger Angel. It's called On the Ball, and it goes like this. It weighs just over five ounces and measures between 2.86 and 2.94 inches in diameter. It's made of a composition cork nucleus encased in two thin layers of rubber, one black and one red, surrounded by 121 yards of tightly wrapped blue-gray wool yarn, 45 yards of white wool yarn, 53 more yards of blue-gray wool yarn, and 150 yards of fine cotton yarn, a coat of rubber cement, and a cowhide formerly horsehide exterior, which is held together with 216 slightly raised red cotton stitches, printed certifications, endorsements, and outdoor advertising spherically attest to its authenticity. Like most institutions, it is considered inferior in its present form to its ancient archetypes. And in this case, the complaint is probably justified. On occasion in recent years, it has actually been known to come apart under the demands of its brief but rigorous active career. Baseballs are assembled and hand-stitched in Taiwan. Before this year, the work was done in Haiti. And before 1973 in Chicopee, Massachusetts. And contemporary pitchers claim that there's a tangible variation in the size and feel of the balls that now come into play in a single game. A true peewee is treasured by hurlers and its departure from the premises by fair means or foul is secretly mourned. But never mind, any baseball is beautiful. No other small package comes as close to the ideal in design and utility. It's a perfect object for a man's hand. Pick it up, and it instantly suggests its purpose. It is meant to be thrown a considerable distance, thrown hard and with precision. Its feel and heft are the beginning of the sport's critical dimensions. If it were a fraction of an inch larger or smaller, a few centigrams heavier or lighter, the game of baseball would be utterly different. Hold a baseball in your hand. As it happens, this one is not brand new. Here, just to one side of the curved surgical welt of stitches, there's a pale green grass smudge, darkening on one edge almost to black. The mark of an old infield play, a tough grounder now lost in memory. Feel the ball. Turn it over in your hand. Hold it across the seam or the other way with a seam just to the side of your middle finger. Speculation stirs. You want to go outdoors and throw this spare and sensual object to somebody or at the very least watch somebody else throw it. The game has begun. But it's one, two, three, take it out at the old ball. 